Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rupert Grint explained why he called out J.K. Rowling publicly. Even more pets are having separation anxiety. And we're chatting with Zan Romanoff about the end of the series Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's March 22nd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham, and we've got one of my absolute favorite people on today to host. It's Shyla Watson. Hello, Shyla. Hi, so good to be back. Uh, I am so excited you're here. I'm also excited you're here because, you know, we sat next to each other for like three years, and you have like a lot of opinions about like a lot of foods and flavor profiles, etc. So when I saw this like Twitter poll that was happening, I was like, Shyla, I have to know what she thinks. It's basically people are talking about what they think like trash fruit is. And the number two that are like popping up are like grapefruit and pears. And I'm like, I love both. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. I've actually never had a grapefruit. Oh but... my God. <laughs> but I automatically don't like it because it seems too complicated to eat. You need a spoon. Some people have to like, they add sugar. Like that's way too complicated. Wait, it's, Shyla, it's not even a spoon. If you just have a spoon, it's not even going to work for you. Most people need a spork. No, absolutely not. No, did I? Done. Was I at one point in my life so obsessed with grapefruits that I went to Bed Bath and Beyond and bought a set of metal sporks? Yes, <laughs> those shouldn't even exist. I absolutely not. A fruit should not need extra things to to eat it. No, just no. All right. So moving on, we need to start with Rupert Grint, who played Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. He recently explained why he decided to publicly condemn J.K. Rowling over her anti-trans comments. So back in June 2020, Grint, along with other members of the cast, released statements in support of the trans community. They wrote, quote, trans women are women. Trans men are men. We should all be entitled to live with love and without judgment. In a new interview with Esquire, Grint explained why he decided to speak up, writing, quote, I think to stay silent would have spoke volumes. Sometimes silence is even louder. 
I felt like I had to because I think it was important to. He added of Rowling, I'm hugely grateful for everything she's done. I think that she's extremely talented. I mean, clearly her works are genius. But I think also you can have huge respect for someone and still disagree with things like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad that he said something, especially because he has such a big platform. And I think it's important that people with platforms speak out. um, And it does, you know, it does create a little bit of a divide. But I think that fans will appreciate it as well. I know that there's been a lot of... um, I guess, almost distrust after what happened and her comments. But I think that him speaking out is essential. I I like, I feel like I want to make an amendment to what he said, but like, it's different. He, he was one of the stars of it. She made his career. Like she literally helped get him all the money he's ever achieved in this world. Right. Me, I'm just over here being a human being. But my human being is like, it rubs me the wrong ways when he's like, I think you can have huge respect for someone and still disagree with things like that. And I'm like, no, if you don't think that trans rights are rights, I don't respect you. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's honestly very, that's a good point. Um, And I mean, yes, she created this entire world and she's going to go down in history as that. But at the same time, like, we don't have to give her all the credit, you know, like, no, we don't. Like, I still have my Harry Potter group chat and we talk about Harry Potter all the time, but we also all know where we stand when it comes to JK as a human being. Yep. Meanwhile, as more people are getting vaccines and the temperatures warm up, we all may be getting out of the house a bit more, which frankly, I'm excited about. Um, All this is great, except for everyone that got pandemic pets. Apparently more pets are now experiencing separation anxiety, which same. Uh, Dogs are now accustomed to their owners being around all the time. And when they're not, the dogs experience extreme stress. Some vets have pointed out that they're prescribing those dogs anti-anxiety medication. Another solution vets have directed owners to are trainers or behaviorists, And to even correct a dog's behavior by leaving treats around the house when the owner leaves so they see it as a reward or a good thing. I mean, I would really like treats (laughs) every time I have to be left by myself. Um, My dog is fine, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, well, that, that is a difference that I wanted to bring up, too, because, you know, you've had your dog for a while. But I do think it's different with some of these. Like, I've seen a lot of friends get dogs during this quarantine, and I'm genuinely scared because these dogs think that this is what life is. Their two best human friends are (laughs) with them and next to them (laughs) 24-7. And, you know, I wonder if it's only dogs that have these issues. I feel like cats were like, get out of my house. (laughs) Exactly. That that was the funny tweet that I saw that was like, cats were like, please leave. This is my time, (laughs) my space. But no, I do. I do think that they are super clingy too. like, okay, this is an interesting thing I heard is that cats are being fed more now and probably dogs too, because their owners are around. And instead of feeding them before they go to work and when they get back, they're feeding them like four times a so day. So you're saying that we have a bunch of chonky pets with separation anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Honestly, like I want one. <laughs> Which again, same. <laughs> Very relatable. But moving on, we're reaching the end of an era. And that's because last Thursday, Keeping Up With The Kardashians aired the first episode of its 20th and final season. 20 seasons my god (laughs) so you know it's a show that started out as being about the extremely wealthy family and grew into the saga of an immeasurably wealthy and powerful family to talk about the end of their run on television we're talking with buzzfeed news contributor zan romanoff she wrote the piece i rewatched all of keeping up with the kardashians here's what i learned hi zan thanks for joining us today hi thank you for having me 
And joining us from Los Angeles with the delightful birds that are out here in spring, right? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we're all we're all feeling it. We are all have a lot to say this morning. <laughs> okay, so speaking of, you watched almost all of the series again, you know, and there's a lot. There's 19 seasons and we're on season 20 now, which started all the way back in 2007. And we need details. What was that like? Have you been saying Bible a lot? I have been trying so hard. Bible on dad, um, <laughs> which is their preferred way of swearing. Swearing that something is true. They also curse. Um, uh, yeah. You know, when I took on this assignment, I was like, yeah, I'll just rewatch Keeping Up. Like, what a fun little, like, you know, journalism for me. And about a weekend, I was like, this was a huge mistake. Just a, a huge <laughs> mistake. Because there are, as you say, 19 seasons, uh, the 20th airing now, and the spinoffs. And I realized quite quickly, they don't, like, catch you up on what happens on the spinoffs. It's just like, oh, yeah, Courtney had her second baby. Like, don't even worry about it. She's, like, two years old now. <laughs> like, you didn't watch Miami? That's on you. <laughs> And, you know, the show has really snowballed. I mean, it's easy to forget that it actually started out as this, like, quirky, getting-to-know-the-family traditional kind of reality show. A lot of the drama was very contrived, produced content. But what was it like to watch this family shift into becoming the superstars that we know them as today? Is there a moment where you can pinpoint the change of the actual shift. You know, that's what I'd hoped going in. I was like, I'm going to find the moment it all changes. And it was really interesting. Like, I've always sort of, my theory has been um, that it was Kanye that really, like, you know, took the family from being sort of D-list reality to being this A-list force. And that's pretty, like, visible in the culture, right? Um, you know, it's Kanye that gets Kim on the cover of Vogue. But it was really interesting to go back, and I think... They don't know it yet, but when Chloe marries Lamar Odom, I think that's the first moment where, like, yeah, they've been kind of, like, creating drama because, you know, I mean, things are happening in their lives, but they're sort of able to say, like, anything dark or upsetting that's happening, we're going to keep that off camera because, you know the tabloids aren't reporting on them that intensely yet. Like we only see what they choose to show us. And that's the first moment where, you know, we are going to see something happen that you do not intend to show us that is really dark. You watch it. It's like a timer. You watch it sort of click down. Also, uh, it's really wild. The plot lines, they put Caitlin in. There are a lot of plot lines about what a manly man Caitlin is and how Caitlin like hates going shopping. And, you know, not that all women love going shopping, but the kind of woman Caitlin is, as it turns out, loves to shop. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot going on there. You know, it was interesting that you said it was when um, Chloe started her relationship. And you know what? I, I think it is interesting because, you know, a lot of it is contrived. A lot of these relationships are made, like, I'm sure they're not just like love matches, you know, like the other things are happening. But for Chloe, you know, not all the sisters are the same and she loved him. And so I think when you have that emotion coming into play, you also, that like gets out of hand, you know, like there's only so much that their mom can control. <laughs> Right. And I think you see that over and over again with them, you know, that there's a certain extent to which Chris Jenner is a puppet master and she gets to do a lot. And also, like, they make some dumb decisions. <laughs> <laughs> OK, we'll be right back to talk about how the Kardashians became, well, the Kardashians. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. 
Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Zan Romanoff about the evolution of the Kardashians. One of the things you noted in your article is that the show is kind of defined by these watershed moments, one being Caitlyn Jenner's transition, another being Rob Kardashian's mental health struggles. How do you think the show tackled these difficult issues? Yeah, um, very differently, I will say. It's kind of shocking to watch some of the Caitlyn stuff now. Um, You know, they made a choice to, I do think, record some pretty raw reactions to her transition and people say things that are not ideal things to say to a trans person mid-transition. There's a lot of sort of like, how could you do this to me? You know, are you, wait, so I don't understand. Are you just a man who dresses up in women's clothing type questions where you're like, wow, that's, yeah, what? But I do think that there is, you can see genuine effort being made to treat this seriously and to, you know, balance showing a, a real reaction and also like trying to be pretty sensitive and talk about it in a way that does support Caitlyn's transition ultimately. Um, whereas with Rob, he's just the butt of jokes um, and it's never really addressed seriously. It's really quite shocking. Um, there's an episode uh, at some point, Rob is living with Chloe and Lamar and he has just started to sort of noticeably gain weight or certainly they've just started to like really talk about it on the show. And Chloe and Lamar are like, Oh yeah, he's eating all of our snacks. It's really irritating. Um, and instead of having a conversation with him about this, you know, either just saying, Hey, don't eat our snacks or like, Hey, you seem to be eating a lot more than usual. Like, you know, are you feeling okay? What's going on with you? They set an alarm like a, on the door to their pantry that will go off when he goes in there. So like in the middle of the night, he goes in to get a midnight snack and it goes off and humiliates him. Obviously I don't know him and I can't diagnose anything, but it seems clear to me in that moment that there is some shame involved in his behavior that he's not happy about what he's doing. Um, right. He says like, he's like, I'm not hungry. I just feel this need to eat, which I think many of us who've had not great relationships to food can recognize. And their response is to do a, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians prank and laugh at him. What's going on behind the scenes of that prank, I couldn't tell you, but it's upsetting to watch, and it never really gets much better than that. Like, they really treat his weight gain as a personal failing as opposed to something that could be, you know, part of a larger mental health issue. That's truly awful. And yes, I mean, we know in scripted or unscripted, Hollywood does not yet know how to talk about mental health. 
Not, e- not even a little but, bit. No. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, this is his family. You would think that they would be the most supportive people out of everyone. And yet they're the ones who are making fun of him. That's just so upsetting. It's so upsetting. And I think it's something that becomes really, really clear as you watch is that, you know, these people do seem to love each other. And they certainly talk a lot about family values as being one of the most important things to them. And also they have zero tolerance and they say this, like, this is one of the things Courtney talks about when she talks about leaving the show. The family has very little tolerance for anyone who wants to function or like live their lives differently than the majority of the family does. And like not having a work ethic is the greatest crime, right? Like I almost think they would put up with him gaining weight if he would just, you know, be wealthy and successful. The combination of those things is anathema to them. It's just, it's horrifying. And, um, they never get angry at each other than when someone won't work. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just the worst thing to them. Which, let's go jump into season 18. (laughs) Because you also focus on this fight between Courtney and Kim. And it's a a moment where we saw a glimpse of who these people really are. That wasn't really controlled by the PR machine because Courtney was having problems with the machine. So what did you learn in that moment? It's really shocking. Kendall and Kim are talking about this sort of thing. And they start getting into a pretty, like, standard issue, keeping up with the Kardashians' argument about, you know, oh, Kim's like, well, you know, I have this crazy work ethic, and I would go even, you know, I would leave the hospital, and Kendall's sort of like, I work through panic attacks all the time, like, why are you saying that I'm not reliable? It's so messed up. Um, And so it seems like this, you know, staged fight, like they often have, and then Courtney, who's also in the room, who's been talking to Chloe, kind of, like, slides it sideways, you know, she's like, wait a minute, I'm sorry, are we talking about work ethics? Because, like, this has been an ongoing, you know, conflict between us is that you feel like I don't want to work enough. And this fight just goes from feeling kind of small potatoes, sisters arguing, whatever, to, like, years of simmering rage are erupting on camera, and you're experiencing something real in a way that's just, like, kind of shocking. It felt like watching, like, these people who are trying to be actors and trying to be images, all of a sudden, like, they can't deny that they are bodies in a room and they are so furious with each other. (laughs) I watched the show off and on, but I did watch some of that season. And I think I did because I was just so amazed at what I was watching with Courtney. Because if I were to, just for comparison's sake, compare the Kardashians to a cult, Courtney saw the light of day and saw that there was life outside of the cult and the rest of the cult is not hearing it. I think that's what it was. So it was fascinating to watch someone realize like who started going to therapy, by the way. Right. Very notable. Very notable. The Courtney's like, you know, my therapist says I actually have enough money and I don't have to work all the time. And it's actually healthy to take care of my children and like not be in this super weird codependent family dynamic. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I also would hesitate to call the Kardashians a cult because, you know, they're a little litigious, but I don't think (laughs) that your comparison is that far off. (laughs) Gosh, and just moments like that, it makes me wonder how, like, if that's where the authenticity actually shines through, like it it broke through how much out of the 20 years that we've, like, they've been on air has actually been real versus just stuff that they're feeding us. But all that to say, they're not going away. They inked a huge deal with Hulu to develop content. So how do you think we're going to see their personality shift even more? Yeah. 
You know, it's interesting. And, and I think when I was writing this piece, I was sort of like, am I just making a fool out of myself? And they're just going to do like keeping up with the Kardashians too on Hulu. Um, <laughs> but I really don't think they are right. I do think that Courtney, a, right. Courtney doesn't want to do it. I think Kim understandably has some stuff going on right now that she doesn't want to be 24 seven spotlight on, you know? Yeah. You know, and they have family. I mean, they have a ton going on. They don't, and they don't need it. Right. They don't need, um, to put themselves in the spotlight in that way, they have sort of enough amassed fame. My guess is that we're going to see sort of more individuated projects from the sisters, um, right? That Kim might do some kind of, yeah, you know, criminal justice, something, something, um, you know, I don't know, maybe Kylie does like a project runway for makeup. This is a total, I'm making stuff up, but like, you know, I think they'll use it as a way to keep themselves in the spotlight, but much more on their terms, right? This sort of like promise of authenticity that was the thing they built themselves on. I think they, are at this point stepping away from that. And I think that makes sense for them, both in terms of their career, right? They just don't need to give us that anymore. But hopefully for them as humans, um, you know, because there has been a lot of stuff going on in their lives that, you know, they needed time to deal with privately. And I hope they find a way to do that and also to take some breaks. <laughs> that seems, that's also just that fight. It just like seems really clear that everyone is overworked past the point of keeping their shit together anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So after all this, where do you stand on the Kardashians? Do you like them, hate them, or are you just over them? That's always an interesting question. I very much fell into being sort of a Kardashians reporter by accident. It was not because I was like so fascinated with them. Although I will say that every time I go back to write about them, I'm like, oh, this again. And they always reward my fascination. Like there is a lot going on there. So I think I will continue to be interested in them. But you know, I I would be happy for all of us if we got to do something else for a while than them making headlines and me reporting on their headlines. You know, I definitely, I will say I felt it over the course of the pandemic. I didn't write about them at all. And it was just like, you know, even I sort of couldn't get there. I was like, you know, Kim went on her 40th birthday island vacation and I was just like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> this feels so like fundamentally irrelevant. <laughs> You said that they needed a break, and I mean, we need a break too. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we get that. Yes, I it's think been I'll, I'll two break. Decades. <laughs> <laughs> I have aged. <laughs> well, I've right. aged so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. All right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, if you need a spork for a fruit, it's a useless fruit. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed. Coming to you daily. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week, I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I played Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much, is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do, and I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just, like, wonderful. I, like, have, like, warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.